0: All right, so let's go back to what we're talking about right now, and that is that starting tonight, we're all fasting from something, whatever God put on your heart and you chose to do, for something, because God loves you as a father, and he loves to bless you. And in the book of James, it says that every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights. And then for someone, because we we always want to be selfless and care about people. So tonight, I want to pray, and then Pastor Stephen McKinley... Uh, is going to be coming and sharing on the fast from something. And then Pastor Patty will be sharing on for something. And then I'll come back and talk about the for someone. Father, we pray right now that every person here would experience your presence, the power of the Holy Spirit within them and on them, your love, your joy, your peace. Lord, may this be a breakthrough season for all of us in one way or another. May this be a time where we experience, Lord, you in even a a more ever-present way. May this be a moment, God, that we just know what you want us to do, how you want us to act, what you want us to say, who you want us to reach out to. And for so many who are here and online, May this be a time where they experience, God, a yes to what they're praying for. And I know for me and for many others, God, give us a yes for who we're praying for. In Jesus' name, amen. So last year I fasted from social media and during that time it allowed me to focus just on God and I did a Bible plan called The Whisper and essentially what I learned was God speaks through whispers and it's very intentional because in order to listen to a whisper you have to lean in and silence out the noise around you.
1: Last year I fasted from coffee and the headaches were the worst but every time I would get one I would pray and seek the Lord on the things he wanted to do in my life.
0: Last year, I fasted from bread, and I found myself craving them constantly. But what I learned was to be more intentionally focused. Throughout the day, I found myself saying dozens of breath prayers every day, because not only did I miss it, but every time I missed it, I knew what I was fasting from and for.
2: Right after I, uh, I graduated high school, I right away landed my dream job as a delivery driver for an Italian restaurant. And I gotta be honest with you, this was the best job ever. Like when I wasn't delivering food, my boss was giving me all this 10 out of 10 incredible Italian food on the side. And if that wasn't enough, when I, I was getting paid to talk to people and then I would go to their house, I would make a delivery to their house and they would pay me for like the five second conversation that I had with them. Like this job was the dream job, it was awesome. But there was something that I would always do and it went without fail. It didn't matter whether it was sunny outside, raining outside, it didn't matter if it was summer or winter. Delivery after delivery, I would do this thing and it never failed. You see, every time I was turning onto the street of the house that I was gonna deliver to, the first thing I'd do as I turned on the block was turn off my music. And now I didn't do this because I thought people were gonna make fun of my music, or I didn't do it to be considerate of everybody else, uh, just in case my music was too loud. I would literally lower the music to help me see better. It would help me find the house faster like it was something in my brain that was like all right Steve lower the music why don't you turn it down so like the eye that's in your ear could come out so you have three eyes so you could find this house and you could get there faster and I know it makes absolutely no sense and I gotta be honest with you I still do it to this day and I would venture to say I'm not the only one that has ever done this I know some of you I've talked to you, and you lower your music when you're about to park your car because you think it's going to help you park better. Some of you, you think lowering the music on the freeway is going to help you find your exit faster. Anybody guilty of this? We're all guilty of it uh, in one way or another. And uh, there's even a meme about this that I found on the internet the other day. It says, that moment you turn down the radio so you can see better. And the more I think about turning down the radio in my car as I would make deliveries, it made me think about what we're going to do with fasting. And I know it might sound weird, like how does turning down the radio and fasting, like how does that go hand in hand? But ultimately fasting is when you and I turn down the noise of our lives. As we give up watching the news, eating certain foods for 40 days, going on social media, watching Netflix, listening to certain music, and you and I, we say no to certain things in our life so we instead can turn up God's voice by spending time with him, spending time with him reading our Bibles, putting on worship music on our commute to work, asking God to direct our steps with the people that we come across. And friends, that's what fasting is really all about. It's turning down all the voices that are all around us and turning up God's voice In our lives and so for example some of you you're gonna give up social media over the next 40 days and every time you go to click on that Instagram app or that Facebook app the goal would be for you to then go to the Bible app instead of scrolling you could start reading or every time you go uh, to and you think about that food that you gave up that you really want you're like man if only I didn't fast that food and every time you have thoughts like that I wish I wasn't fasting this food you would go to God and you would pray Aline Van Osk, or Scott, I I can't even say her name, said it like this. Fasting empties the stomach and the mind, freeing up space to refuel our bodies with the bread of life. And all throughout the Bible, we see people fasted. Daniel, a guy in the Old Testament, he fasted from bathing and eating pleasant foods. Yes, That is in the Bible, in Daniel chapter 10, verse three, it says this, I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. I know some of you, you middle schoolers, you're here with us today. God is not telling you to do that fast. I heard from him just now, he said to do something totally different. You high schoolers, if you're in the building, I would encourage you to do that fast. God just spoke to me through this headset And uh, he told me, for you to do that fast and then go to HSM as much as you want so you could smell and you have to hang out with Sawyer. (laughs) And I'm going to be honest with you, I can't even imagine not showering for a day. Daniel did it for 21 days. Jesus, when he was here on earth, he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. And he also talked about it. And there was this one day in particular that Jesus was talking with his disciples about how they are to live a life that honors god and in matthew chapter 6 16 jesus says these words he says now whenever you fast do not make a gloomy face as the hypocrites do for they distort their faces so they will be noticed by people when they're fasting truly i say to you they have the reward in full But as for you when you fast anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by people but by your father who's in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you notice the first four words that jesus introduces us to now whenever you fast and then not too long after he says when you fast he wasn't saying hey guys if you decide one day to fast This is how you do it. No, Jesus was saying, hey, I'm assuming, and I'm knowing that you're going to fast, and so this is how you're supposed to do it. The book of Isaiah talks about it. In Isaiah 58, and I love this, it says this. This is the kind of fast day I'm after, to break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debt. Anybody want their debt canceled? What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill clad, being available to your own families. Do this, I love this, and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, hear I am. And I love that so much. See, when we fast, it changes us. We grow closer to God. We get to experience him in new and different ways. And ultimately, it creates space in our life for us to spend more time with God. And I saw this illustration on the internet, and it was so good. And I wanted to share it with you guys today. But how it goes is this is us, you and I, every single day. This is what we look like. We're tall, and we're glad. I don't know. This is us. And every single day, you and I are filled with life. We have to go to work, which fills up our time. We have to take the kids to practice. We scroll through Instagram aimlessly. Come on, I do that too. Uh, we look at TikTok for what we want to be 10 minutes, but it's really 30 minutes. We do the laundry because a happy wife is a happy life. Amen. Uh, we do the dishes because we have a lot of kids, and when you do the dishes and. You students, you got to play video games because you have to. And then you got to do homework. And some of you parents, you're now forced to do your homework and teach your students because they can't go to school. And before you know it, you and I are filled to the brim. We have so much life going on. And, yeah, we could still come to church. We could experience God in incredible ways. We could experience his peace and his wisdom it's just a lot harder because there's a lot of noise in our lives. But when you and I fast, what we're going to be doing for the next 40 days, we start to take some of that stuff out of our lives. And it's, I'm not going to spend the next few weeks scrolling on Instagram. I'm not going to spend the next few moments, the next 40 days scrolling on TikTok. I'm not going to use my commute time to listen to music. I'm going to listen to the Bible instead. I'm not going to spend so much time on my phone on random apps that don't mean anything to me, I'm going to be present with my family. I'm not going to spend my evening watching Netflix. Instead, I'm going to give up some of those things so I'm freer, so I have room in my life to hear from God, so I can be closer to Him, so He can speak to me, so He can give me clarity and direction on my life and what college I need to attend and what career path I should take. Some of you are praying for a husband and a wife, and this is a time for you to free up some space so you can hear from God. And I'm here to tell you that it's not gonna be the easiest thing. These next 40 days are going to be hard. But I can tell you, it is going to be so worth it when your life is a lot more free and you have less noise going on. And so over the next 40 days, I wanna encourage you guys. Let's commit. Let's not quit. Let's commit... So fasting from something so we could turn down the noise in our lives and we could turn up God's voice so it's the loudest one let's pray God I thank you so much for today I thank you for the next 40 days I pray that you would speak to us God I pray that we would live lives where we could fit you in and we could experience you in a new and incredible way in your Holy Spirit would speak to us and you would guide us and you would be with us as we give something up so we could experience you in new ways. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: This year, I'm fasting for breakthrough in my health.
2: I'm fasting for wisdom to equip and lead people.
1: I'm fasting for a husband. I'm fasting for freedom from anxiety.
3: I'm fasting for my kids to go back to school in person.
2: I'm fasting for clarity for my career.
3: As a family, we're going to be fasting for Ella to be cancer free. It's actually my four-something also but you know what I am a huge birthday celebrator and on birthdays especially for my husband and my kids I like to go a little bit crazy because I want to make sure that they know just how valued they are so I make them their favorite breakfast I make them their favorite dinner I cook them their favorite dessert I decorate their rooms I decorate their doors fill their rooms with balloons I decorate downstairs I do the lengthy Instagram post and I'm always on the search for the best gift is there anybody else who celebrates birthdays like I do yes I hear a couple of you over there well my daughter just recently had a birthday and any junior hires here today what is one thing that if you don't already have one you are hoping for one for your next birthday go ahead and shout it out cell phone that is correct yes so my daughter she is in junior high and she was hoping for a cell phone now my husband and I we had given her one of our really 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 old phones that like barely even connected to the internet And she was using it for a while until one day she dropped it here at church, and it shattered. I don't know if you can see that, but when I say shattered, I mean shattered. And so, of course, she was hoping for a new phone for her birthday, but we had no plans of giving her one because we just didn't have it in the budget. But because she's 12, she asked me daily, right? Well, one day I came to her and I said, you know, MJ, if you want a phone, maybe you should pray and ask God for a phone. Because if he wants you to have one, he will make it a way for you to have one. Well, God must have heard her prayers because a friend of mine heard that she needed a phone. And she remembered that she had one just laying around that was way awesome than this shattered phone. And she gave it to us to give to her. So on her birthday, my husband and I decided to surprise her with this used but new to her phone. And here is her reaction.
2: I love that.
3: Yes. So as a parent, this felt huge for me to be able to give her something that she really wanted and see God answer her prayer like that. It reminded me of James 1-7. Pastor Chuck said it earlier, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. Now, Pastor Steve did an amazing job talking about the why behind the fast, that it's the idea of removing the noise from our life in order to add something in. It's not just about saying no. It's not just about restrictions. I mean, we're faced with enough restrictions as it is right now, right? But there's some meaning behind the fast. When you go without something and you couple it with the idea of praying for something, whether it's something tangible like a phone or intangible like amended relationship, It gives us an opportunity to trust God with the desires of our hearts and to see him move in our life. And you know what? Asking God is actually something that he wants us to do. There are so many scriptures that talk about asking God. Let's read a couple of them. Let your requests be known to God. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren and the Lord answered him, you have not because you ask not. But sometimes asking for something can feel really hard. It's hard enough to ask a person who we can see for something, let alone God. Because sometimes our mind might have thoughts like this, What if he doesn't hear me? What if he doesn't answer? What if he's too busy? I mean, he's got way bigger problems in this world to handle than my request. What if he doesn't really care that much? What if he says no? Can I even handle another no right now? But Jesus tells us to ask. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You, parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him and when i look at that verse i see the character of god i see that he wants us to come to him he wants us to seek him to talk to him and he is a good father who wants to give us gifts and sometimes those gifts are way better than what we are even asking for Back in 2016, my husband and I, we had been married for 15 years, and we finally were able to purchase our very first home out here in Corona. Now, we had prayed for years. Thank you. We prayed for years for that home. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I felt desperate. I felt like that prayer was never going to be answered. But then finally the day came and we were moving a dresser away from the wall and I saw something fall from behind it. And so I went over and I looked and it was a journal. It was one of my old journals that had gotten stuck. So I picked it up and I looked inside and I happened upon the page where years prior, I actually had prayed for a house and i had listed very specific things that i wanted in a house if god chose to bless us with one i prayed for things like uh large windows and a light and airy feel i i prayed for a patio where my kids could play safely i prayed for a fountain because i wanted to hear water but here's the thing god answered that prayer but he did it in a way that was better than i could have expected and he did it in his timing instead of a patio he blessed us with a backyard. Where I prayed for a fountain, he actually gave us a pool. And he moved us out here to Corona, which was unexpected for us. And that led to us being here at Crossroads, and I would never want to change that. You see, just like I wanted to give my daughter the perfect gift, our God is such a good father and he wants to give us perfect gifts. Let me remind you, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Asking God is a way that we can trust him with the desires of our hearts, even if it's something intangible. Like maybe you're praying for healing from a sickness Or for healing from your divorce or a breakthrough of some kind god wants you to ask him and we trust in him and we ask in faith and yes god may not answer your prayer in the way that you hoped in the timing that you hoped or even in this 40 days but i once heard pastor chuck say to my friend tracy about her request that one reason god may not have given it to you yet is that he loves To talk to you about it you see just like a good father wants to hear the heart of his child that is our God he is that good father and so we ask God for things in faith in light of his character praying and believing that he can do it because Jesus says I tell you you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it it will be yours and when we ask God for things Again, in light of his character, in faith, believing he can do it, it then becomes more about the process of our faith than it does about the request. Because God molds us and he changes us in that. C.S. Lewis once said, I pray because the need flows out of me all the time. It doesn't change God, it changes me. And that is the meaning in the fast. Pray with me. God, we thank you for the opportunity to seek you. We thank you that you are a good God that wants us to come and ask. And so I pray for the asks tonight. I pray for those here that have big asks. You know what they are, they've already come before you with it. I pray for those who maybe are afraid to ask. And I pray that you would give them the courage to bring their request to you. In light of your character, you are a good, good father.
1: In Jesus' name, amen. Last year, I decided to do a 40-day fast and I fasted for my sister. Um, I look up to her the most and I wanted her to feel the peace and love that I have in my heart for Jesus. Well, I've never fasted before, so I figured, why not try? I gave up coffee, and so every time, that was really hard, (laughs) I wanted a cup of coffee, I would pray intentionally, and I would pray for her to come to know Jesus, and that was for my niece and my nephew, so that they would be raised in a Christ-filled home. So after the fast was over, I was praying every day, and God God answered. Last year she did give her life to God and she's been watching online at Crossroads. It might not have been right away, but he answered the prayer and I'm so happy that I fasted and that I decided to do this and I'm gonna fast this year again. So I'm super excited to see what God will do. Yeah, Yeah! wow. Okay, how many of you were blessed by
0: Pastor Stephen just now? I was. I just thought that was so incredible. The idea that we fast so we can create more space in our life for God to do more things with us, through us, and for us. Then how many of you were blessed by Pastor Patty? Yeah. God loves you. God wants to bless you. And God loves to give you the desires of your heart. That's who God is. And I I just love how she brought out that you and I need to pray big prayers and believe big things and look for great breakthroughs. And let me just share something with you, Crossroads family. I really sense, I, I, I really sense God is saying, in this season that we're experiencing that's been like no other, that he wants to do that for us. He wants to do that for you. And I want you to be expectant for it. I want you to look for it. I want you to pray for it. God wants it. So we fast from something. We fast for something. But you know what else we do? We fast for someone. We fast for someone. In Philippians 2, 3, and 4, it says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Now, I didn't say don't look out for your own personal interests. He said, don't make sure, make sure that's not all you do. Make sure you have an ability to see beyond yourself. Make sure that you're looking And asking for other people too. So we fast from something, for something, and for someone. When I was doing next gen ministry, Pam and I were leading a camp at Angeles Crest Christian Camp up in the Angeles National Forest. It was a high school camp and and it was going amazing. I mean, it, it really was. You could sense something incredible was happening in the lives of the high school students, in the lives of all of us who were seeking to pour into them. But I was tired. And I remember laying in bed, feeling like, God, this is incredible. And I went right to sleep. And then sometime, and I don't know the time exactly, it was after midnight, still pitch black dark outside, God woke me up. And I mean, I was wide awake. I, I opened my eyes, and, and it wasn't like waking up. I was awake awake. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, you get up right now and go. I couldn't contain myself. There was a, a, a compulsion within me. I got on clothes as fast as I could, making sure I was ready to walk out into a cold night. And I went outside believing. God told me, go, go, go. And I went out, and I began to walk, and I'm praying, Lord, what do I need to see? What do I need to experience? What do I need to know? And I'm walking in the midst of the darkness. I forgot to bring a flashlight. And then I heard the sound of crying. And I yelled down the embankment. I said, is somebody down there? And all of a sudden, the crying stopped, but there was no answer. And I said, come on, if if you're down there, let me know. And then she didn't cry back her name. She didn't cry with her voice, but she started crying again. And I made my way down that embankment and got to her, and here was this high school student. She had a knife. She got up that night with every intention of killing herself, and she was working up the courage to do it. And I looked at her and said, Did you know that God sent me to you? God woke me up just for you. You matter that much to him. You can't do this. Come on, I'll help you. My wife will help you. And I took her back to the cabin we were in, and and she's crying, and I wake Pam up, and we sit with her and start hearing the incredible heartbreak she was experiencing, the real pain she was in. And I sat there in that moment in awe of a God who loved this girl that much, Because that's who God is, isn't he? Isn't he the God that loves each of us that much? Don't you believe it? I had to be with her. I had to go to that moment. You see, in the Bible, we see this incredible passion for people, passion for the cause of Christ, that you and I are to be motivated by, live by, move by. Ah. There was a man named Philip, and he was in the midst of a revival that was taking place in an area of Samaria. And then all of a sudden, something moved inside him. And God said, I need you to leave here right away. And I want you to go to a desert road. And he went out in the middle of nowhere. I mean nowhere. And it was high noon. And he looked up, and an Ethiopian eunuch was coming. And God said, you go talk to him. And when he got up next to this man, he was an Ethiopian official. Uh, he was reading the scroll of the book Isaiah. And he was wondering this question, will God ever love me? Will God ever accept me? And Philip ran up and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, no. And he goes, do you understand what you're asking? And he did. And Philip said, I want to tell you about somebody named Jesus who died on a cross so God would accept you, love you, and heal you. And that Ethiopian official cried out, "Then what stops me from being baptized? And he said, nothing. And they happened to come up to water in that very moment. And they went down into the water. And this man, who everybody else said would not be accepted by God, would not be loved by God, went under that water being buried with Christ and came up filled with the Holy Spirit in a brand new life. See, God wants us at times to go beyond ourselves and reach out to people and care for people. Jesus. Jesus knew of a woman who was isolated. She was in pain. She had been cast aside. She was being used and abused. And nobody cared. At least she thought they didn't. And then in John chapter 4, it says that Jesus left Judea and went away again to Galilee. And I want you to look at these words. And he had to pass through Samaria. Now, it's interesting. He's, he's in that very same area that Philip, I just told you about, was in. And and except this is a populated part of that place. And at high noon is when he's going to show up also. But it says he had to pass through Samaria. I don't know if you'll think this is cool. I think this is cool. The word he had to uh, is exactly like the very word you and I use in the English language, When we have to go to the bathroom. Okay, nobody else got that. Do you know the old saying, when you got to go, you what? Okay, come on. When you got to go, you got to go, okay? And you know what? When you got to go, you got to go. And that's the same phrase used. Jesus had to be there. He couldn't miss out. There was something that he could not contain, something in himself. To be with that woman in that moment. And he went to her. And it says in verse 5, So he came to the city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. And it was about the sixth hour, which is high noon. And there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Now, what you need to know is Jesus had sent everybody else away so he could be there all alone. He was there at the very moment she would walk up. He was there at a time when women did not go to get water. I I think all of you know that the climate in that area of Israel is much like the climate in Corona. So if any of you are watching, it's very, very much like this. And here's the thing you need to know. When it's in the midst of summer at high noon, it's boiling hot. Does everybody remember that time? Yeah. yeah. And how many of you, when you know it's that hot outside, you do everything you can not to what? Go outside. And that's when that woman went to the well. Because no one wanted to be around her. She didn't have a friend. She could have died in her sleep, and no one would have cared. She knew it, and yet Jesus shows up, and the very first person in all the world He will tell, He'll reveal that He's the Messiah is her. Why? She was His for someone. See, Philip's for someone was the eunuch. Jesus's for someone's that woman, and and my for someone in that one time I told you about was that high school girl. And and God, God wants you to have a for someone by the way, let me say this. In the midst of the COVID crisis, with all the isolation going on, all of us who love Jesus Christ need to have a passion for the cause so that now we don't sit back, we don't wait, but we reach out and we care more. Does everybody agree the world needs more love right now? People need more Christians who will find a way to reach out and care. We need to be praying for people to come to know Jesus, our for someones We need to pray for them to experience something amazing, our for someones We need to pray for them to find love, uh, the love of God in a powerful way. And you and I need to have a passion for that. So I'm going to ask you, let's join together in this season for 40 days, fasting for someone. I have more than four someone. You can have more than four someones, okay? But have at least one. Have at least one. And make sure you pray for them every single day. Make sure you find ways to show love and care in tangible ways. Make sure you invite them to come to church with you either on the patio or online. Invite them. Invite them. And then talk to them about it. This is a season where the world is in chaos. People aren't sure what's happening. Uh, there are those who are filled with fear. And by the way, there are some wondering, "Well, is, will things ever change? So they're more open than ever to the love of God. And God has you, who he loves, alive for such a time as this. It is no mistake that you're alive today. God looked at you and knew you were that important, you mattered that much, and you would make that big a difference. And guess what? I'm praying you'll make it. I'm praying you'll do it. And I'm praying that other people's lives will be so much better because you prayed for them, fasted for them, and showed love to them. We're going to do that together in this season. There's some of you who are either watching online or you're here right now with us on the patio, and you are somebody's for someone. You might think, no, I'm not. No one cares. Well, guess what? Then you're is for someone. And by the way, let me tell you this. We in the Crossroads family might not know you by name, but we already love you. We're already for you. We already want you to be a part of our family. We care. You matter more than you know. So right now, there's some of you who need to open up your heart to the Lord. You need to, to let his love come through. You need to experience what he has for you. And so right now, if you're watching online, I want you to know that God cares about you and God loves you. And what I'm about to say is for you, that God wants you to open your heart to him. God wants to adopt you as his child. And I mean, really adopt you as his child. He wants to be your father, your Abba father. Some of you on the patio, God wants that for you right now. He doesn't want you to believe in a God who's out there. He wants you to know a God who comes and loves you and is close to you and has a relationship with you that's real. So the Bible gives an incredible promise in James. In the book of James, it says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Oh, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. He'll become so close. His love will become so real. For some of you, you need to say yes to God for the very first time. For some of you, you need to recommit your life to the Lord. For some of you, what you need to do is you need to have a healing or a breakthrough or freedom come your way. But in this moment, in this time, you need to draw near to God. You could do that alone. You could do that with the person you're with. You could do it as a whole family. You could do it as a group of friends. But you know what? Right now I'm going to ask you to do it. And the Bible says there are two steps we take to enter into that relationship with God in a very real way. The first is we pray a prayer. And and I'm going to lead a prayer in a moment and ask you to pray it with me where you can open up your heart to the Lord and you can experience Him in a very real way, either for the first time or to recommit or to find Him bringing something special in your life you need. For The next step after praying the prayer is you have to make it known. And in these day and age, we have two ways for you to do that. If you're watching online, after we pray this prayer, I'm going to ask you to go to crossroadschurch.family. Go to crossroadschurch.family and click on the I said yes to Jesus button. And we want to interact with you. and We want to give you a copy of a book uh, that will help you grow in Christ, all free. And we want to know who you are so we can pray for you and lift you up.